Good morning. Welcome to the Mr. Ellen Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Mottram. It's Tuesday, October 22nd, two days after the Redskins 9-0 defeat at the hands of the 49ers. Here to talk about that, it's the FedEx Field playing surface of podcasters, Matt Searle. Hey, Matt. Hi, Jamie. That's the first really accurate one I think you've done. That feels that feels right yeah, to me. I liked, I liked it, but then I felt bad when I was saying it. Oh, you shouldn't feel bad. I mean, who wouldn't want to be a slip and slide for lots of large men? So, as usual, didn't watch the game. <laughs> uh, wasn't in the uh, area. How, how bad were the conditions? Uh, I mean, I know the field conditions were bad. I've never seen players sliding around on, on a field like that. But how bad was, like I guess, the weather and the, the outside conditions? Uh, was it bad enough to, to kind of force that kind of situation? Yes, it was genuinely rainy. It was genuinely bad. I only saw parts of the game. I was doing other things, but fortunately, I guess, fortunately, one of those things was taking my daughter to a birthday party at one of those bowling alleys that has lots of big Mm -hmm. TV screens. So I did see some of the game there, but even just driving around in the area, it was miserable. It was a genuine. I'm I'm, I'm curious. I assume this, this bowling alley has all of the games. It has Sunday ticket. Oh, no, okay. somewhat, somewhat bafflingly, they didn't. They had the local game. They had some sort of what I think was like an internal channel that was essentially uh, like a compilation of YouTube videos um, of like makeup and crafts type okay, stuff. Good. It was really, it was actually really weird in all seriousness. It was very strange. But no, the only football game they had on was the local. I game. was just wondering if, if given the choice, what percentage of screens would be on the Redskins? In in in, in DC, if you had all of the one o'clock games, would the Redskins be on any of the TVs? I mean, probably a few, but not many. I can't imagine. I don't understand why anybody's watching. I I honestly don't. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I guess I would rather watch the Redskins than like Jets Patriots from last night. But I'd rather watch pretty much any competitive game or the Red Zone Channel over the Redskins every time. Does it does it make us? old or like out of touch with the concept of sports fandom that that we just it's so at this point so easy for us not to watch the team i guess yeah i don't know i've never been this checked out ever so i don't know if that has to do with age or just the state of the franchise i just i feel if i'm being honest with myself i feel like 20 year old me would view my current attitude with extreme contempt would, would think that like I had sold out and was not, you know, a real thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I get, I think the older you get, the more mellow you get about stuff like that, or at least hopefully you do <laughs> You get a little perspective. Like it used, it used to be a real point of pride that I was like a bigger fan than, than other people. And now I yeah don't care about that. But does it seem to be the case for people who actually root for teams that win? I mean, I feel like, like leaving aside like horrible Patriots fans, I feel like my friends who are Eagles fans are still like really proud of being Eagles fans. Yeah. Well, I don't know if this is the same thing, but like the Caps always win, or at least for the past decade, and they won the title a year and a half ago. I sometimes feel like I'm not a great Caps fan. And I think that's an outgrowth of me, like just not being as into hockey as baseball, football, basketball. But I do feel like so, I harbor some guilt that I'm not like up on the caps like I should be. That's fair. I, I just I, I don't know. I feel like we're all letting our younger selves down. Uh, I watched one play of this game because the Yahoo sports app, you can watch certain games live on your phone. 
I'm not really sure what the rhyme or reason is to it, but the Redskins were one of those games this week. So I tune in just for like a moment. I was like doing yard work or something. The only play that I saw was Dustin Hopkins missing a 39-yard field goal when it was nothing-nothing. I just decided to put it away at that point. Well, so you saw the best offensive play the Redskins had going. The missed field goal? Yes. (laughs) It was literally the only play. So I don't know like what 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 came before that i don't know what came after it uh you know other than just like the fact that the niners shut them out and won nine to nothing while somehow not covering the 49ers well, did I not mean, cover despite getting the shutout i feel like it, they, they got a spiritual cover because they um, scored nine points in a uh, a deluge where no one could move the ball and no one could do anything. And I mean, it was a real equalizer. Um, it, it made the Redskins competitive, which I don't think they would have been if the weather had been good. Um, so the fact that they even came that close to covering to me uh, was a spiritual cover, but I don't have to pay out millions of dollars to back that opinion. Mm. So it's easy for me to say spiritual cover. I feel like you're flirting with like a, a, a Bruce Allen type of statement there. Like actually, yeah, the so they're covering getting... they're covering off the field. Yes, <laughs> it's the spiritual cover. We're winning off the field. We're one or two pieces away. The culture is actually damn good. Damn good. Um, so they you missed a lot of handoffs to Adrian Peterson, which I assume made Adrian Peterson. That. He must have been very happy. Um, I, I yeah, I I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just they're unwatchable. There's nothing that makes me want to watch this team, especially in a game where they can't throw. Because as we keep saying, like McLaurin is the only thing the offense has going. And if they can't throw, he's not going to do anything. So, like, there was just there was nothing. There was no point to watch this game. What a shit fest. Uh, Well, actually, let me back up to Peterson. He did fumble and blame himself for the loss. So you do have that. You do. And you do have, as somebody tweeted to me last night, he actually did come out and say that he was really beating himself up over that. Mm -hmm. Um, At which point uh, I just have to retire all my bits and all of my sarcasm because like, that's it. We're done. He's, 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 he won. He got the best line in on himself. Right. Well, it would be hypocritical for him not to. (laughs) Uh, It's, it's, it's so unwatchable in, in several ways, but it's worth mentioning like, okay, McLaurin's the one young, at least skill position player that you care about on the field. Like the only one that you really care about on the Redskins current roster. Who's, who's actually playing. And he had like two targets, I think. And it was not a game (laughs) for throwing the ball. Then you've got case Keenum playing instead of Dwayne Haskins. Lord knows why, you know, I have no idea why. And then you still have guys hurt. So Peterson's just, soaking up carries there's really nothing to care about none of these guys are part of the future and i I just i don't know what the incentive would be to watch other than i don't know i still get a little bit of joy out of like a win like i was talking about last week there's a little bit of joy in that fact that they beat the dolphins but yeah man i just don't i just don't know how to get into it so here's here's what I was found myself thinking this morning. I, the, this morning, um, the Patriots traded a second round pick to the Falcons for Mohamed Sanu, right? Wide receiver help. Would not um, have guessed he was worth a second rounder, but okay. Um, I, I don't, but see that. So so here's the thing. He's the kind of guy where he's been very good as a complimentary piece on the Falcons, and he's the kind of player who I think will excel with the Patriots. Um, which brings me to Terry McLaurin, who who everybody seems to agree is this like professional Chris you know, Chris Brown runner, like really, um, you know, a, a good wide receiver, the kind of guy the Patriots might want. If the Patriots had called the Redskins this morning and you were the general manager of the Redskins, 
not Bruce Allen, because we know what he would do. But they called you and they said, we will give you two first round picks for Terry McLaurin right now. Would you have done it? Yes. Yeah, I think I would have too. Is that weird? I mean, dude, he was a third rounder and he's 24 years old. <laughs> give me those two first rounders. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the counterpoint is exactly what you're hoping to accomplish with those two first rounders is to get like one Terry McLaurin out of it. Yeah. Well, I know, but you got to take some swings. Like this team has to, you know, acquire so many pieces. They're not a piece or two away. I would rather have two first rounders than a Terry McLaurin. Yes. I think that's interesting and also depressing. I think everything about this is depressing. Did you say, uh, I mean, did you see it's that depressing that the Falcons are also one in six. I think they're also exactly one in six, like the Redskins. And here they are trading off pieces for picks. Like it just puts in, you know, puts in a brighter, harsher light what the Redskins are doing with Williams. Well, yeah, I mean, they have uh, what they're doing with everything. Other teams yeah. in this situation have the uh, self-awareness to, to realize what they need to do to improve in the future. And the Redskins don't. Did you see the report last night that allegedly Haskins isn't going to play next week either? Is next week? Are we counting Thursday night football as next week? No, so we, we, we're assuming he's not playing Thursday. It mm-hmm. never made sense to start him on a short week, but there was a mm-hmm. report. Well, it didn't make sense to throw him to the Wolves in the middle of a loss at New York either. But it may, even I, I was okay with that. Even by my liberal standards, this would, would have been really dumb. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was apparently it was uh, Brent from Burgundy Blog listened to JP's podcast last night, mm-hmm. which I did not, mm-hmm. and somewhere in there, uh, he said something about it. So I'm getting this like third hand off of a tweet, off of a listen, off of a podcast interview. But um, if that's the case, I mean, no pun intended, but if they're starting Keenum or Colt, I, I literally see no reason to turn on the game. I want to actively organize a boycott of the game. So just to help get our bearings here, the Redskins and Vikings are this week, Thursday night football, the Kirk Cousins revenge game, I guess. Uh, then there's a 10 day break. And then next week, November 3rd, they're at Buffalo and Buffalo is somehow five or, or six and one. Um, then they have the bye, and they get the jets and the lions at home coming out of the bye. Um, so what you're saying is it sounds like Keenum will be starting Keenum or Colt will be starting against the Vikings and the bills before the bye, and Haskins may start coming out of the bye. Yeah, and I think it's certainly you can see what they're thinking that Haskins for, for Haskins to be the one starting against the hapless Jets off of a bye with you know weeks to prepare. So I, you can see what they're thinking, but it still strikes me as just cataclysmically stupid. Yeah, I mean, I I think he should just they should just go with him now. They should have gone with him already. I would settle for just knowing that they're going to go with him coming out of the bye. Like if I just knew. rather than the guessing game every week of like who's going to be the Redskins quarterback as if it fucking mattered that's interesting I wonder if that would change how things feel if you knew that they I think it would because it would create the impression that they have a plan right and like I said you can see why you could defend the plan it's not like so stupid that if you came out and said it you couldn't back it up so yeah i agree with you they're, they're, again their problem is that they just don't communicate that thing would be fine because case keenum handing to adrian peterson just feels pointless like who could even care this is a theme 
but like who could, I just don't understand what you're doing like what the point of that is well you know who could care about that specific combination this Thursday night is if through some series of events and and mischance case keenum and adrian peterson were to put up 35 points on the vikings in the case keenum adrian peterson revenge game vikings fans would the self-loathing would be off the charts i i mean i can't even imagine a world in which the redskins put up 35 points at minnesota on thursday night I can because there's the world where the Kirk Cousins revenge game that everybody's expecting, where he continues his hot streak and annihilates the Redskins defense, is replaced by the Kirk Cousins game where he throws two pick sixes and fumbles twice in the in the red zone. Uh, that's not out of the question. Uh, I mean, total gut statement. This feels like the sort of game where Kirk Cousins is going to play like an all pro because it doesn't matter. It's just like Thursday night against the Redskins. And it's, it's a com- very comfortable game for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, where I would not bet on him is like the wild card game on the road. It's not just, you're right about that, but it's not just that. It's also, he, if you look back, is streaky based on emotions, it seems like. Mm -hmm. So like you had the famous, you know, you like that game and then they rip off whatever it was, six straight or whatever it was. Um, So after getting called out by all of his wide receivers and, you know, uh, fighting with them, suddenly he's on a three-game tear and I think it's going to continue just because I think that's the way Kurt, Kirk, Kurt, oh my God, kill me, is wired. What a curiosity this game must be for Vikings fans where they're probably wondering like, what's up with the Redskins and their fans? Like, okay, what was up with the cousins thing? (laughs) Uh, That was weird. Also like, why are you starting case Keenum and Adrian Peterson, our former very notable players while they're on the, you know, wrong side of the Hill and you're one in six. It's probably just a very weird game for the Vikings. I don't think anybody out there wonders what's up with the Redskins or their fans. I think everybody else has a much clearer view of the Redskins and their fans than the Redskins or their fans do. Last night, I was getting a very heavy Redskins vibe, by the way, from the Jets on Monday Night Football. Like it was, I was watching a little bit of that. The Jets were just getting their asses kicked by the Patriots. And it was like, it was like 30 to nothing. And Darnold threw like five picks and he was mic'd up for the game. And at one point after he threw a pick, he's on the sideline just muttering that he's, uh, quote, seeing ghosts, end quote. I, it felt everything about it felt so Redskins. Yeah. So I have two, two responses to that one is I agree. And it was really interesting to watch from the perspective of someone who is just upset that the game is boring, who just wants mm-hmm. to watch a good Monday night game right. instead of being, you know, embarrassed and appalled by how the team is doing. Uh, that was an interesting feeling. Uh, my second question is, uh, the ghosts thing got so much social buzz that I assume there's some kind of shirt on the way. How are you guys addressing it? Uh, we passed on it in part because we're, uh, I mean, this is very inside baseball. We're uh, working with the NFL PA to become licensed by the NFL players. So we'd ah. like to hold them in a very positive light. I see. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a journalistic enterprise. Um, but secondly, like, this is kind of funny with the t-shirt stuff. Like people just assume I've said this before. You just like see a t-shirt on the internet. That must mean that like hundreds of people, if not thousands are buying that t-shirt. Not the case. And you kind of have to think about like, what's the market for a shirt? 
So what's the market for like are Jets fans buying a shirt that says seeing ghosts? Well, no, that's what I, I was wondering. I don't you think could, so. Are Patriots could, fans? I don't know. You could do a thing where you did the Patriots defense or the Pac-Man ghosts and Patriots defense colors. I don't know. Like there, there uh, was there was ways to approach it. That's why I was wondering. But your yeah. solution makes the most sense, well, which is this the pack. is the second Sam Darnold very Redskinsy thing that's happened this season because the first was the graphic, I think it was either Monday or Sunday Night Football, where he was out with mono. And uh, the graphic was like one of those very standard like TV graphics where there's like a player like kind of, you know, posing with a football helmet off, like staring at the camera. And the graphic, it was Sam Darnold doing that. And the graphic just said, uh, out indefinitely, mono. (laughs) (laughs) So that was another thing where I think I saw T-shirts for that. Well, I mean, and then uh, Tim Tim Burke, formerly of Deadspin, now at wherever he is, did build the uh, the generator so you could put in whatever exactly. text you wanted. That was yes. that was pretty great. Yes, um, but yeah, the, I don't know. It's, it gave me a weird insight. I was watching this last night where I f- I was like, oh, this is how it feels for every other fan whenever the Redskins are on in prime time. Yeah, I mean, and. I feel bad for them now. Like I'm going to now add that to the ways I feel when the Redskins embarrass themselves in prime time is like, I'm so sorry that we subjected you all to this. You know, you, you could, there were so many other games that could have been on tonight and instead you got this crap. Um, did you, did, are you already, have you been exposed to the Redskins Vikings line? Um, yes, but whatever it was at the time, I thought it should have been three points higher. I think it was at like, <laughs> It was go like ahead. 15, I think I've seen it too. It was at like I think fifteen, and I, I feel like it should be honestly eighteen. Okay, well, it seems to be moving a little bit because everything I'm seeing is I don't know. I I, I Google this and it's like Las Vegas odds, and there's like eight different books. I don't know what to, what to go with because um, I'm not a gambler. But it's between fourteen and sixteen and a half. So let's call it fifteen. Yeah, yeah, I. I I would I would give the points. <laughs> I, would, I would take the Vikings and give the points, right? Of course. Um, I was going to say there's no other line anywhere close to that, but Miami is at Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh is pretty much the same spread, even though their quarterback is Duck Hodges. I know. It, 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 Actually, that's... Mason Rudolph might, might be back. Even so, their quarterback is Mason Rudolph. I mean – that's that's insane what's the weather forecast for thursday because that's the only reason especially after sunday that i would consider not taking the vikings uh don't they play indoors are they not in no are they not home is it in minnesota oh okay never mind then forget it yeah (laughs) would would the spread have been more if it was home (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's it that's why i was trying to give them three extra points i assume they would have the fedex field advantage um, uh, yeah. this is, this is kind of fun though, because I'm, are, do you have anything else with the Redskins? No, absolutely done? not. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond done. I kind of like that the next six nights, I'm including tonight. Yeah. Uh, it's world series games, one, two, then Redskins on Thursday night football and then world series games, three, four, five. Like that's just a very fun six night stretch. Even if the Redskins, I mean, the Redskins being what they are, that's still a fun night, a fun Thursday night to have that in the air. Agreed. And the fact that it is Minnesota, and at least there's some like narrative liveliness to it, even if it's likely to be a slaughter on the field. Like, that I mean, we might get a highlight from like Super Bowl. Uh, what was the one where they beat the Bills with Super Bowl? Was that 26? I don't yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. The January or February of, of 92 
we might get some highlights from that game that was played in in, in uh, Minnesota. I think it's more likely that we get lots and lots of Kirk Cousins highlights and lots of like sound bites of reporters reporting on the Kirk Cousins saga. But you know, maybe that's just me. Well, it's going to be uh, you know, it is like game with a fifteen point spread. They're going to need to have some little some little in game segments to keep it lively. Yes. I don't know. It's going to be a miserable experience, Jamie. Uh, any Nats World Series thoughts you want to get out there? Uh, no, I have no real thoughts. I'm excited. It's super cool. Um, I'm, I'm, we're thinking we're not going to be able to go to any of the games because we're not independently wealthy. Um, but we were thinking about maybe going down to the watch parties they're having at Nats Park, which is not something I would ever have thought I would say or do. you have to pay do. to get in, or is it open? Open. They're, they're asking you to reserve tickets in advance just so they have i guess a count on how many people are coming so um, like all the concessions open so you can't bring anything in but you could you could buy food and beer there uh, some of the concessions are open i actually emailed to see if they would tell me uh which ones i emailed under my guise as a city paper sports columnist um, hoping <laughs> that that would actually get an answer but they did not know and have not gotten well they i'll tell you the, the breaking tea cart will not be open for the watch parties, but it will be open for games three, four, five, because I will be there working. Oh, well, that's awesome. That's great. I look forward to uh, not, not seeing you because I can't afford to get in and, uh, <laughs> and, and see you. I've got this little badge that says I'm working. So I get to come in. No, but I, I do work. Like I was there for game four when they uh, won the NLCS and it's nice because the, where we're situated, it's like kind of, underneath the center field scoreboard or behind the center field scoreboard mm-hmm. so it's out in the open and like if you, you know there's tvs there so you can see what's happening and then if you something's really happening you can just like walk over to the railing and get the whole view from center field so are you like over by where like the the sort of undercover food um like the the, the slightly fancier food options over there yeah so you know where shake shack is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so we're there's those big escalators that that empty out into shake shack basically yeah and so we're between shake shack and the devil's backbone craft beer bar area oh that's yeah. excellent i mean and that, that you're not kidding that's a great place to watch the game in that stadium at least if it's a game you don't care about i don't know if it'll be as great for the world series but like i love just standing out there for a normal game yeah i mean i've been there for you know the other night when they won and went to the world series it was awesome i was there for the home run derby and the all-star game it was awesome i mean if you can't be in an actual seat like that's probably the best place to be but um it's a weird feeling like i mean obviously excited to be in the world series and i kind of had this mood like this mental approach where i was like okay this is house money there's no pressure like they were a wild card team they were 19 and 31 as everyone has heard uh it's amazing that they got this far you know no pressure but then i I've, I've kind of <laughs> approaching game one. I've kind of evolved like Obama on gay marriage. I've kind of evolved <laughs> into um, now I'm really nervous because you don't get these opportunities, but you know, every so often, I mean, they can be really far and few between. We might never get back here again. We've never been here. We might never be back and you got to win. Yeah. I, I've had a very similar mental journey. It especially, it's especially rough because I mean, you know, there's a lot of reasons the Astros are are better, but I mean, you, it, it'd be hard. You'd be hard pressed to get a better lineup of starting pitchers to take with you to the World Series than the Nats have right now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, you could be the Astros. I mean, it's, exactly. it's unbelievable. Like 
the the lineup. I mean, yeah. it, we get Scherzer versus Cole in Game One, and Strasburg versus Verlander in Game Two. I mean, I I literally just got goosebumps even saying that out loud. It's 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 pretty remarkable. But so I know I'm with you. It's going to be. I don't know. I'm nervous. I, and, uh, you know, to bring it slightly back to the Redskins, it's been so long since I had that, you know, excited, nervous, worried feeling about a Redskins game in any way other than like, are they going to humiliate themselves? Uh, it's just, it really puts it in perspective, man. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only thing I can really relate it to anymore at this point, you know, 25 to 30 years past the Redskins glory days is, is the Caps run a couple of years ago. Yep. Uh, you know, the Caps run in like 98 or whatever. I was pretty checked out. I was in college. I wasn't paying attention to the Caps. Uh, but yeah, a couple of years ago. But the stakes feel even higher here, maybe just because I'm more of a baseball fan. Oh, no. Um, I just yeah. think there's – I'm not more of a baseball fan, but I just think there's – even to me, like winning the World Series is – you know, it, I, it may even be – even though I love football so much more than I love baseball, like – the World Series is more than the Super Bowl to me. It's more than everything. Like the World Series is the biggest deal there is. It's the World Series of uh, professional sporting championships, really, if you want to look at it that way. Well, and it is a truly great matchup. Like uh, Fangraphs had an awesome, like, it'll take you 10 minutes to read it, World Series preview where they kind of compare the two teams and all of the similarities are any. Like, Scherzer and Strasburg are similarly aged, similarly aged aces that both came from the Tigers. And you've got Strasburg and Cole, who are somewhat similarly aged, the former number one picks who struggled a little bit to find their form, but are now true aces. And Corbin and Grinky are both from the Diamondbacks, and they're both the number three starters. And Rendon and Bregman are very different personalities, but they're basically the same type of third baseman. And it goes on and on. And, you know, of course, the Astros are favored. And, of course, the Astros won 107 games in the World Series two years ago. But they both have, like, identical records dating back to May 23rd and identical run differentials. And all this stuff is, like, it just really stacks up evenly. I know the Astros are favored. But even if you were to, you know, look at the odds or whatever, it's still, like, their odds of winning are only, like, 59%. You know, I mean, it's it's as close to a, a, a coin flip as I think you could hope for for a wild card team. So what are you going to do for the game? Are you watching at home? Do you have like a meal planned? Are you farming the kids out? Are you watching with the kids? What's your plan for this one? So game one, uh, I stopped by Aslan Brewery in, in Alexandria the day after game four last week on my way back home to Wilmington. And uh, I know a guy uh, who works there, this guy, Brian, um, who I used to work with at AOL and now works at Aslan. And uh, he gave me like the tour of the Alexandria Brew Pub uh, or brewery or whatever you call it. Um, and I walked out of there with nine four packs, I think nine different four packs of like the best beer you've ever had, uh, to bring back home to my, uh, my little four man beer club here in Wilmington. So we're actually, the four of us are going to get together and start tearing into that Aslan, uh, mountain of cans and, uh, enjoy the world series. That's that is pretty awesome. I wish uh, they would put up some sound baffling in that new brew pub there. It's a little loud for me, but that's because I'm old. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, I was it was weird. I was there in the middle of like Wednesday afternoon, and there was hardly anyone in there. It was un just an unbelievable experience. V- many thank yous to Brian, uh, who may or may not be listening, but, well, but uh, 
yeah, I mean, just an A plus brewery experience. I might even, I might even put it up there as like the best brewery experience I've ever had. Wow, that is yeah. bold. I, uh, I would like to thank Brian, who may or may not be listening, just because I'm a hundred percent sure that at some point he sold me beer in the parking lot of the Aslan uh, facility in, in the old in, in Herndon. So <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate him for that. Yeah, I, well, I know he sold beer to my youngest brother Ryan because Brian had worked with me and Chris Montrum at AOL. And it only heard of Ryan. It was like, does he exist? He's like the Cooper Manning of the Matram brothers. And uh, he sold him some beer, looked at his ID and was like, you're the third Matram. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, anything else? Did you watch The Watchmen? I did watch The Watchmen. I, um, I thought it was terrific. I assume you are not watching The Watchmen. I, I would have watched The Watchmen, even though I'm not much of like a comic book superhero guy, but I don't have HBO right now. I'm, I'm off cycle with HBO. I see. Game of Thrones ended, so you are currently in a gap, and Watchmen wasn't enough to bring you back in? No. Okay. No, not even close. Um, I'm not sure what the next thing is, but I'm not currently on HBO. But I, yeah, I mean, it seems like, it really seems to have gotten a foothold in, in the culture. Like, yeah. I, I, I've been exposed to a lot of Watchmen content and takes over the past 48 hours. Yes, as have I, and I wasn't, I'm, I'm technically not supposed to have watched it yet, because my wife and I were going to watch together, we didn't have a chance to sit down, but, uh, late yesterday by that point my feed was so overtaken with Watchmen's stuff and spoilers that i kind of just needed to at least watch some of it so that i would have a, a like uh, so i could go online without feeling like i was ruining my entire experience so mm-hmm. hopefully hopefully my wife hasn't listened to this late in the podcast and we'll find out i've never consumed any Watchmen content in any format the, like the, the movie that came out a few years back, the graphic novels or whatever, like no idea what it's even about. Like I'm guessing there's superheroes involved. There are kind of superheroes involved. It was originally, I'll be very brief on this. It was originally a graphic novel in the uh, 80s and 1986. It was a 12 issue series that was collected into a graphic novel. It was a realistic look at superheroes, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it was sort of groundbreaking along with all the, the, there were two other Batman comics that came out at the same time that you've either, that you, I'm sure you've heard about in them setting up all the Batman movies now. So that was like the watershed year for comics. This was one of them. Um, and they've been trying to find a way to successfully milk the IP ever since. There's a lot of uh, ownership issues that I won't go into. There's a whole bunch of stuff with it on that end. Um, but this appears to be the first one that has really landed. The movie was okay in a dumb way which is bad when it's adapting a very smart work they did a lot of spin-offs that were terrible so really if you wanted to consume watchmen content you could read the collection of the original series uh which i believe time magazine named one of the greatest 100 greatest novels um not graphic novels but 100 greatest novels uh, at some point and wow. then watch this show you everything else is incidental and much of it is actual actively bad and it's the guy who did Lost is is the showrunner for this. Right? Yeah, I did Lost and the Leftovers is the showrunner for this. And the Leftovers, I like the Leftovers. Yeah, yeah, and I, I like Damon Lindelof a lot. I think he, um, I, I like his uh, just sort of his approach to things, and I, I think um, he seems like somebody who thinks about things in a way that I find interesting, and, and approaches adaptations and projects in a way that I find interesting. So I was optimistic on that front. Also, it's also got great acting. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I saw a comment from, I think Alan Sepinwall or somebody like that 
who was like, Damon Lindelof appears to have very close personal re- relationships with at least dozens of prominent television critics. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Lindelof has been very good about that. And some of them were really open about it. There's a, a comic book, the guy who covers comics for Vulture, Abe, Abe Reisman, um, did an interview with Lindelof in which he openly admitted at the beginning that when Lindelof was asked to adapt Watchmen, Reisman, he reached out to Reisman uh, to ask his opinion as a writer on comics, what, you know, if it was a terrible idea and this, that, and the other, and then involved him throughout the creative process. So yeah, Lindelof is very good at that. He reminds me of um, Ryan Johnson, who did the last Star Wars movie, was the same Mm -hmm. way. Like, Mm -hmm. these are people who will like show, but they would probably show up on our podcast if we asked them under the correct auspices. And like, they just make friends with people and somehow they also get great reviews. And it's weird how that works out. Well, it's, I think it's fun to criticize this stuff. And even if you're a creator to be like part of that conversation, I think it's probably a pretty good time. I imagine Uh, it is one pop culture thing i started watching that paul rudd series on netflix i forget what it's called it's like living Living with yourself living with yourself yeah yeah i'm not in on it i'm like two episodes in uh i i might keep going but the first episode had the weirdest one of the weirdest moments where he's about to go into like a massage asian massage parlor type of thing and paul rudd is and tom brady walks out just out of nowhere tom brady walks out he's like hey man yeah it's great going in and that's pretty much the extent of the scene and his role on this show and of course everyone's like well that's super fucking strange given that bob craft you know the bob craft story from this offseason and brady came out and said that the two are completely unrelated and he would never do that to mr craft what this is like one of the weirdest things i've ever encountered i um i i i think it is it's such a Belichick move to just flat out be like, what? No, that has nothing to do with this. That's weird. Why would you say that? And then so just think he's learning from the master. Yeah. Yeah. I think he has learned from the master. He I, has I, learned. Yes. I, I think, I think so. I don't know. So, but I'm, I'm more interested. Wait, wait, do you think, he, do you think he's basically like, it's like a warning shot to craft? Like, Hey, you can't control me. I I'm, I'm the captain here. I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> no, I think he's just busting crafts balls, but he knows enough yeah. not to admit that in, public uh i like what a weird what a weird 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 thing to do i i don't know i just think these people operate on a level that like we can barely comprehend it's like that thing when like when ellen degeneres was sitting with george w bush and sort of the conclusion that everybody reached was like rich people are weird and they do things that make no sense like i I think this is in that same wheelhouse well the other layer to it is like what the massage part is actually a front for is this like cloning operation where like a better happier fitter more productive kind of like robotic version of you is created right and so like is tom brady that <laughs> like is he like this robotic clone person is that part of the joke because that's also a little too on the nose well but i'm disappointed to hear that the series isn't good because it was a concept that really appealed to me and an actor that i really like what well, what's letting it down yeah. for you uh, the I don't know maybe just like the first episode the vibe is very either like Paul Rudd is just a sad sack of potatoes, or he's like running through the woods in a in an adult diaper like that's pretty much the entire pilot, so it just wasn't that enjoyable. Uh, but like I said, I'm not out on it, and the I haven't given it enough. I need a few more. I need a few more episodes. The ads gave it a real. Um... Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind vibe is that is that what it's hitting or is it working in different space? 
so far it's very very little fun <laughs> but yeah i think yeah i think that's that's actually probably a good comparison now that you throw that out there i didn't i hadn't really thought of that but i could see there's a, a similar feel there huh. all right well yeah all of these things are more interesting than the redskins yeah i was actually <laughs> it's funny i said this out loud to my wife it was like it reminded me of joe versus the volcano when tom hanks is just a sad office drone for the first like half hour of that movie or whatever third of that movie do you remember joe versus the volcano i i barely i remember that it existed and did it have meg ryan in it yes and it was on hbo a lot when i was a kid so i remember just seeing it like 30 times um but yeah that's just not a fun that was not a fun third act of a movie <laughs> it's the oh, it's the curse of doing one of those narratives where somebody has a great destiny is that if you start them out in the boring place before they get to their destiny it really sucks to watch yeah uh so i don't know maybe it'll come around right. um well, keep keep me posted yeah, and uh, good luck to the Nats. Who gives a shit about the skins? I guess we'll do this a uh, week and a half from now. Or no, maybe we'll do it on Friday. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll do, do it, it on Friday. Friday. Yeah, I was already jumping ahead to the to the long, you know, the long gap. But no, it's a short gap. Yeah, this, talk to you soon. Talk man. to you soon, man. Bye. Peace.